You're listening to Other Day Podcast with me, Jodie Muta Hamilton, the founder of Other Day. Today, I'm talking to Jesse Brinton, the founder of Mothership. The realisation of motherhood could be described as a moment when everything falls away and is replaced by something that will change your life forever in ways that you could never have imagined. The awakening of motherhood and becoming climate aware feel incredibly similar and in fact are intrinsically linked. The desire to protect, love and ensure a healthy future after we are long gone is what we must do for both our planet and our children. This is the reason Jesse Brinton founded Mothership soon after becoming a mother. Mothership is a community-focused platform that offers tools, support and joy for mums to re-nurture the planet for the kids. Before creating Mothership, Jesse worked for many years in fashion for well-known publications including Harper's Bazaar, Nylon and the Sunday Times. But after she became a mother, she was compelled to turn her focus to climate action. In this podcast, I talk to Jesse about how she is organising an extremely powerful climate movement of mothers, some dads, aunties, grandmas, stepmoms, godmoms, and other people who just love kids a lot. Thank you, Jesse, for joining us today. I'm really happy that we made this happen. Um, and I'm really excited to find out more about what you're up to. So um, if you could give us a brief intro about you and what you're doing prior to this. And then, um, yeah, tell us what you're doing now. That would be fantastic. Um, oh, well, thank you. for Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be able to talk about, um, yeah, just to talk about what I've been doing. But um so I'm Jesse Brenton and um I'm a um I'm a journalist by training. I worked um I've worked at lots of magazines and newspapers and over um a long career um writing a lot about women and um life women's lifestyles and quite a lot about fashion and um I worked at the Sunday Times for a long time and you know, writing for Sunday Time Styles, writing for a, you know, really, really large and wide audience of women. And um, so I've spent a lot of time thinking about women <laughs> um, and um, and what our lives are like and why. And um, then I've also always had a real, like a really big interest in um, environmentalism. And so sort of, I've always run these two things in parallel a little bit and, and sometimes they've intersected, but but mostly they haven't um, until quite recently. And then in, um, when was it? I, yeah, in 2018, I had a baby um, quite late in life. Um, and I found that when I had her, I just, uh, my kind of feelings about, um, you know, and worries about the planet definitely intensified. And um, it was around the time, in fact, it was literally the same week that Extinction Rebellion started. And so I joined Extinction Rebellion and I actually ended up working um, very kind of actively in Extinction Rebellion for about a year um, while she was quite young. And that was a really amazing experience because I joined when it was, you know, the, just there was so much positive energy around Extinction Rebellion and it just felt like a really exciting moment and a really exciting thing to be part of. And, um, but while I was part of it and I don't, I'm not, I'm not part of it anymore, but while I was working, um, in Extinction Rebellion and I was kind of in mid, in the midst of all that kind of amazing energy that appeared and there was so many people wanting to be involved and you know and engaged with it and it was just it was very exciting but I was sort of looking around thinking but where are all the mums and and of course there are loads of mums involved in Extinction Rebellion and um, Extinction Rebellion families which is run by some incredible mums too but I was like god but mums are so amazing because I suddenly found this really strong powerful feeling I had that I, that I hadn't actually had before and I think it was just a real kind of strong protective mother energy and um I I was thinking well you know where are all the mums and I talked to my mum friends and I was like come and join Extinction Rebellion and they a lot of them said oh we really support what they're saying but we're just really intimidated by what they do and their tactics which is completely reasonable because of course they are you know for some people they they ask they do seem quite um quite 
strong and militant and a bit extreme for some people mm. and I was thinking but well, that's such a shame if it's that that's putting people off when they're actually definitely aligning with what it's all about um, and so I started thinking about what I could do and how I could bring some of my knowledge of um, of the kind of you know the world of women and and create something that was maybe a little bit more um designed maybe in a slightly more feminine way um that uh, mums could be part of and not just mums of course but also you know um anybody who feels like they want to protect the children um our children in the future um you know grannies and aunties and godmums and stepmoms and friends and um and dads of course um, and so I started looking at um, what that could look like, what that could be. And I came up with the name Mothership. Um, and Mothership is, in my, in my mind's eye, it's a lot, lots of different things. But Mothership is, is kind of about, um, it's about a place. It's a place in my mind that um, where we can all get together and figure it all out. Um, kind of unhindered by all the things that stop us doing that in real life. And also mothership is a form of leadership as well, but it's a kind of mother-centered form, mother-energy-centered form of leadership, um, which is maybe a little bit more feminine too and a little bit more to do with um, protection. Can you just expand expand on that kind of like the feminine energy part? Because mm. it's interesting, you know, in, in kind of current debate as well at the minute around... Um, you know men or, or people identifying as other genders sort of tapping into that feminine energy and mm. it's something that's quite interesting because it doesn't necessarily always have to be about women if that makes sense um no. it's quite an interesting topic isn't it really yeah it's, a, it's I mean it's a massive topic and it definitely isn't about um it definitely isn't about your biological gender um at all it's about the fact that um it's it's more of it's more about the feminine principle and the masculine principle and the fact that the masculine has become so overly dominant um in the last well arguably a thousand years mm. <laughs> um yeah. and looking for and looking for a little bit more balance um and yeah i mean it's it's it, it really is an enormous topic but um basically i think that um you know those those kind of those key you know kind of key um aspects of the masculine you know, the dominance um and the kind of the you know the sort of um like all the different things that yeah dominance and, and power and um and and that need to kind of the need to win and 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 you know all of it brings you kind of away from you know, away from nature, really, and away from, away from, away from a much better, more kind of, you know, a safer way of living on this planet and, and a safer way of being on this planet. Um, Which yeah. is arguably kind of back in, in harmony with and, and kind of in tune with all the different parts of it as well, and not just one, um, you know, one prism of that sort of thing, isn't it? And I think that's, as you've said, we've gone too far one way and it's kind of we need to pull back and and look at the other the other more connected options I guess yeah I mean it's definitely not about um not being not being strong you know it's it's really mm. easy I think that's you know as we as we know for a very long time the the kind of the feminine aspects of of, of humans um you know the, the feminine um I, I I kind of started calling them in my mind I um soft superpowers but you know whether it's kindness or empathy or you know, gentleness and compassion and collaboration and love and, you know, all these things that um, that are kind of traditionally identified as being feminine have often been seen as being weak and, and childlike. Um, and, you know, it, it's not very difficult for any of us to think of examples of, of where that's shown up in our lives. Um, I, I worked for, you know, I've worked in the corporate media. I've worked, you know, I've worked for big, you know, media organizations but that tend to be very patriarchal or have been very patriarchal. And I know looking back how much that affected the way that I worked and the way that I felt and, you know, growing up in a patriarchal environment, like it, it just, it, you know, it, there is, there is that kind of pressure to, you know, to kind of, you know, to suppress some of those aspects of yourself or not certainly not celebrate them as much as you should. And yet 
it's an interesting course in the last year that, um, you know, that those are the things that we've learned that we needed the most. Mm. Um, and, and I think, and I hope that we might be looking at something where, of course, you know, there's this sort of terrifying um, rise of authoritarian regimes and, you know, the far right and everything that's been happening around the world and also in this country and feel, you know, really intimidated by it because in some ways it's kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's the most extreme version of patriarchy, but at the same time, you know, there is something else happening. And I, and I think that's what mothership is trying to tap into and whether it's us recognizing that, you know, yeah, there's something that needs to come through and we've got to a point where maybe the old system just hasn't worked and there's, there's kind of broad acknowledgement of that um, amongst a lot of people. So it might be time for looking at, you know, to look at a new, a new way of doing things. Yeah, I, I would agree entirely. I think as well, you know, you kind of, I've come to a realisation that, you know, we've tried to work within systems and change things within systems. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the work that I still do is that. Um, but also the, the other parts that I'm looking at personally are around what are the systems I can create for myself or what are the opportunities away from those parts that are different that almost doesn't need um, validation or acknowledgement of those pre-existing structures I mean we know we all have to live within but then it's like what are the options without as well or opposite to or something else bigger than perhaps as well Um, it's kind of like you know when you get swept along on a wave well it's kind of sometimes Mm -hmm. maybe let's just get off that one you know and, and move somewhere else and kind of yeah to a different type type of water or something I don't know that's a definitely. bit abstract but I think you know what I'm getting at <laughs> yeah I definitely know what you're getting at I mean even when I think about my years working in you know in the media and I still think of myself as being a member of the media in lots of ways I certainly mm. see the world through that through that lens and in many ways and you know, I use those skills that I, I gathered while I was being a journalist to do all the things that I do now but um but the culture that I kind of you know came of age in was a really exciting and thrilling ride in so many ways, but it was also intensely unhealthy. It was hugely competitive. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I became such a workaholic. And I think, you know, many people have that, have those stories to tell, don't they, of those, you know, yes. those, you know, those years in their lives, in their professional lives, when they just, you know, really want to sort of, you know, everyone has their own set of values and ways of working. And I, I didn't you know, ever want to tread on anybody's head to get where I wanted to get to, but I was mm. really driven. And that was so much the culture that I was working inside of. And it was really competitive and it always felt a little bit insecure and, you know, and you never felt like you were quite doing well enough and you need to try a bit harder. And, and, um, and in terms of like how, you know, how, how much that actually benefits somebody, it's just, Sometimes you look around and you're like, is someone actually going to rescue me from this at some point? And, yeah. um, and then you realize that, no, you're not going to get rescued. Like the, 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 you know, the system that you're working inside of isn't going to come and look up. Then no one's going to say you're working too hard. And, you know, you've got to stop, you've got to stop working and start looking after yourself better when you're pulling all nighters to meet a deadline. Like it's just not set up like that. And it's really hard to imagine how you might, you know, escape it. And ultimately in the end, so many of those things end up being embedded in in who you are as well because you know it's I find that even now you know starting something you, it's it's really difficult to escape those expectations that you can have of yourself um and trying to yeah. change the metrics you know of what you know what um you know what a sort of successful project would even look like um and what our goals might even be and um yeah, it was interesting. You were saying earlier before we spoke about targets, like what what mm. your targets, like what what are you trying to actually get to, and and that's still very much the framing of, you know, whether it's going for you know funding or whether it's um, you know thinking about how you build a community and what that community might look like and what that community might do. You know, it's really easy to fall into those old patterns, which ultimately are mm-hmm. very masculine patterns of thinking. Well, it's got to be you know this many likes on Instagram or, you know, I've got to get this much, you know, I need to be able to build this in this amount of time in order to meet this target and do this thing. And, and, um, and it's, 
you know, and, and all of that stuff is really, I find it for me, it's really embedded in, in who I am and I have to fight it every day. And yeah, I so want something else. And I think, I think mm. loads of people want something else. It's interesting. Um, I've been having a lot of talks around the social media part of that as well. And it right. just feels like kind of we, we all want to not be beholden to numbers, but then you talk to, you know, for example, potential sponsors and they're like, oh, so what's your media figures? What's your download figures? What's this? What's that? Whatever. And you're kind of like, well, yeah, okay. You know, we're not X, Y, Z. And it's just, it become, it literally, that's a conversation you end up having every single time. (laughs) Or the alternative is they kind of just fully back you and it doesn't matter whatever, you know, and that's something quite different. But I think we've come from a world, as you've said, that's around, that commercial metric and what that means and kind Mm. of you know even if you go down the line of like um things like cost per acquisition of like a a follower or a download or how much effort have you had to put in to get what what's come out the other side and it it often actually doesn't even make commercial sense which is just ridiculous as well so it's like this there's this kind of commercial element driving things but at the same time the numbers actually don't stack up either so it just all seems a bit bonkers and it's like I keep sort of saying to people and I guess I'm trying in my own little way to push the the you know the narrative forward around perhaps we actually just need to put one square on Instagram and just drive everything to a newsletter, for example, you know, that's a lot mm. more in your own hands and a lot more personable. Person, personal. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know, I think maybe there's, a, there's another way is what I'm trying to say. And I think, you know, the more people that start to perhaps act on that and just have like literally as I said one squares a kind of like page on Instagram and then move it elsewhere and be more in control I think could be quite exciting you know yeah Um, yeah yeah. definitely yeah my friend and I were celebrating the other day that um the test they're doing on Instagram of um where you can you can hide your like count Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um my friend has a really big platform and um she's hidden her like count and she said it was such a relief to Mm. do that um immediately it's sort of suddenly you feel like you're actually so much closer to the people you're talking to because you're not kind of having to get past that weird (laughs) yeah that weird someone else who I really admire someone um called uh, Monica Caldena who's um a digital strategist in America um she has an Mm -hmm. Instagram account called Sacred Alchemist and it's it's fantastic I recommend it for everybody Mm -hmm. and she calls it vanity metrics um that thing where (laughs) but I I guess I guess all of it is just you know it's 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 really easy to get um really um conspiracy I I find it easy to get quite kind of conspiratorial about it like to Mm. see it as something that's you know all part of the wider system that basically conspires to make things really hard to change anything um like yeah I mean social media is a whole massive conversation of its own but um it you know it it takes your energy away and mm. and it takes your energy away from spending time doing the things you really should be doing which is you know if you want to build a community it's to build that community by spending time talking to people and listen and and even more listening to them and then cooking up amazing new ideas and then making those ideas happen <laughs> and, um, yeah. and that's it isn't it and um when it comes to you know I don't know whether it's yeah that you know one of the things I felt so strongly from from about about mothers and about people who who identify with having a strong mother energy whether whatever gender they are and um whether or not they have biological children is um is is just that we we yeah we we are so um you know we have we so have so much on our plates already um we're also overwhelmed and it leaves us with very little leaves us with so little um room to to to, mm. to make the world that we want to make um and you know I, I just see that everywhere like people are like well I've just got to be practical I mean so you know this week as you know so well like the school holidays are starting and <laughs> today one thirty. <laughs> yeah that's you know that's going to be a really intense six weeks isn't it for mums and um yeah. or people in the, who are looking that's after children <laughs> how are you supposed to do that and then especially at the time, you know, just as you're everyone's being told to go back to the office 
Um, it's it's just impossible. Like there's so little bandwidth left to do anything else. And and I think it's and yet and yet at the same time we've got this. Like, we're surrounded by all these headlines that say that we've got to change everything. But you know, when in the day are we supposed to do that? Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> even simple things like I've had these forms that I've got to fill in for certain things for like ages just sat there and I'm like I will do them and they're really important you know and it's kind of just yeah just the bandwidth and kind of you know it just keeps getting topped up and topped up and it's like we need to start to empty that out you know Mm. um kind of I can't remember who it was now actually but um they said there was an analogy around a jar having um like pebbles in it and then sand in it and it's kind of like you need to get the pebbles out sometimes you know and just kind of have less stuff in the jar because otherwise you can't you can't fit any more in like quite simply as that you know it's about capacity in a nutshell isn't it so yeah um yeah what, what I'm interested in actually is, is around your if you think about your kind of skills of getting people into something and on a journey and kind of like your journalistic skills and that kind of head on you how have you found that now because if you're I don't know is it about persuasion like what would you say the key skills around that communication piece is whether it's on or offline or whatever that you because also (laughs) you do so well but it's also around something that as you've said you know the approach of like extinction rebellion is not appealing to everyone and kind of you've come with a different approach so what is it that people are grabbing onto and and feeling that it is now for them this conversation around climate and kind of future really um oh god it's loads of things I mean I think I've spent so many years thinking about how to bring the world to like together and the world of the world of um you know kind of the the world that most of us what everybody lives in which is just which is the world of like daily life and going you know going to get food from the supermarket and going looking after Mm. your kids and doing all the things that you you need to do to get through and then having a nice time as well hopefully spending time with loved ones and all the things that that you know most of us you know value and making sure that everybody's you know healthy or as healthy as they can be like those things are um they they are they kind of exist in in one world and, and for a very long time um the climate question the climate crisis has 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 been sidelined and it hasn't really the two things haven't really come together um and there are lots of reasons for that um there are lots and lots of reasons and some of them have have been you know very kind of deliberate (laughs) deliberate efforts on set on part on the part of of, of, you know quite a lot of people to um to to get us to not think about it and and keep things the way they are which we know can't really continue to be um but um so I think one of the things I've always wanted to try and do is is to make it feel normal because um as much as it feels unnormal and sometimes really quite terrifying as well and you know not not an area that a lot of people feel comfortable talking about sometimes because they don't feel comfortable talking about the science or because they just find it so overwhelming to think about it um Mm. I think I just want to make it normal um, because it is normal now. Like, you know, we've known, we've seen that in the last few weeks and we will obviously continue to see all these headlines of things that are happening around the world that mean that this is the normal that we're living in now. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and in a way it's just, you know, it's, it's really difficult to accept change, but change is, is you know, it is happening, it's started. And, um, and if we can start talking about it in a way that feels like, you know we can all access that conversation then it would really help because I mean personally I found all these years of thinking about it and finding that there was this really huge taboo around talking about it and certainly while I was a journalist as well it was just not on it was just not up for conversation and um it's very lonely and it makes it more terrifying when you feel like you're on your own with it but um so one of my big kind of dreams is just that people will start talking about it in a normal way like this is where we're at and this is these are the challenges that are going to be presented to us in the coming years and um and so I think one of the things I wanted to do with mothership and um is to make it seem like you know to make it to talk about it in the language that we use to talk about loads of other stuff 
um whether it's like talking about you know what I don't know going shopping or like what we're going to eat or um Mm. all the stuff that we all talk about like what so-and-so said to so-and-so how that's going to you know what our relationships are like you know what our kids futures are going to look like like what how they will be educated what you know what the kind of health impacts of of what's going to be happening but but talking about it in a normal way um yeah. rather than sidelining it and making that, it that makes sense yeah. yeah that you have to be like you don't like have to be a side of everyday discourse it's just not yeah I mean we it is it is it's that you know I think it's just a matter of time before we do start doing that but I think it's been difficult and I think people are really genuinely quite lost about how to talk about it and we're not given a lot of information about it really science is really intimidating I mean I you know I I understand but you know most sort of some of the science of climate crisis but it's really complicated and it's really it's really intimate I, I mean I, I've always felt one of the reasons that um, people in the media didn't talk about it is because they felt like they'd look stupid because they didn't really understand it mm. either um, and um, and so you know you don't have to be a scientist to talk about this stuff all you need to do is talk about how it makes you feel and how you know and the questions that you have um, and luckily there are more and more places you know on offline where you can find answers to those questions um and also like not to mention like amazing solutions to all the problems that we're facing so Mm. I think that was almost like my number one thing was like how can we you know how can we start to develop a language where um we're you know we're talking about this stuff and thinking about it and that we can really relate to um and you know and it's been very um you know there's always been that thing I think the green movement has done so much good um, but it sometimes felt a bit exclusive and it sometimes looked not very, um, like, not like everybody else's life, you know, hasn't it? It's been, sometimes it's been quite easy to think, oh, well, the people over there think about that and they're not like me because they've got green hair or something. Um, mm. when actually, yeah. you know, um, it's not, it's, it's for everybody. It's, we're all in this together. So. Yeah, so that yeah, was, that's I think, a big part. Yeah, that reflection of reflection of what's actually happening in life, but also reflection of your own um, kind of. I guess it comes down to like worldviews and taste and, and those sorts of things that, on the surface, people think actually, oh, you like this or you do this or you subscribe to this particular tribe. But actually, it's it is important because if you don't kind of have those conversations and acknowledge those things um you then risk alienating people do you know what I mean and you're not always going to be some people do just want to live how they want to live but then also have another element like it's not always black and white or one extreme to another it can be incremental or it can be part of like you know say I mean on a really basic level say you switched your washing powder to one thing then that's one thing within a whole span of life do you know what I mean or a whole product range in your house and it becomes over time you might have a discussion about something so whether it's um I don't know I'm babbling a bit here but climate change you know in a day you you acknowledge it once a week and then it becomes back to a a daily conversation around like actually it's really hot today (laughs) you know it's like this is not so normal or did you flooding in the paper you know it kind of like it's a it's a topic within the home as well and I think that's quite important particularly when you're relating it back to children and kind of actually allowing them to be part of that discussion because actually it's going to affect them the most long term anyway um and they already talk about a lot of things quite openly like um my daughter's sort of six now and i she talks to me about all sorts of things very matter of factly, like because they are to her that it, it just is matter of fact, you know. And I think if we talk to them a bit more as well, it's kind of it's yeah, translatable. I think it's quite interesting from their point of view as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was lots of conversations about how you talk to kids about um the climate crisis, but I think it's really about sort of switching it around and it's probably more about how we listen to them about the climate crisis mm-hmm. um because um I think um depending on their ages of course I think a lot of them know more about it than their parents do um and and mm. might have actually processed it a bit more than we have as well 
and maybe also because they're less you know oh there's so many reasons but you know that we're so we're so attached to our lives and our lifestyles aren't we and it's understandable yeah. that we are because they're the things that make us feel safe it's like the safety and the familiar and um and we've been living inside this kind of current way of being for a, you know a, a certainly um a generation or two generations anyway and living with the level of convenience that we have and the expectations that we have of our lives um not everybody's benefited from that obviously but um mm. it's difficult to change but yeah i think one of the things i've always noticed about doing any kind of activism um because activism is a word that people obviously find a bit intimidating as well. And, for, you know, mm -hmm. for all the reasons that we know, it's not, you know, the optics can be really alienating sometimes. And and people don't necessarily want to think of themselves as, you know, being like a troublemaker yeah. in any way. Um, but, um, but I find that these little things that I do are really helpful and make me feel a lot better. And one of the, the, the interesting things that I've learned from talking to clim sort of climate psychologists is that actually doing these small things really helps you feel much more aligned with the things that you're learning about the world mm -hmm. so it's quite hard to know what's happening to the planet and then continue to live in this way in a way that doesn't respond to that so you know like I think people feel quite ambivalent about flying like, it doesn't mean they're going to stop flying or that they should stop flying but it feels uncomfortable and that discomfort is one of the things that makes people give people anxiety and it really helps to kind of when you know that, you know, things aren't great and that the way we're living is, is having a huge impact on that, then it really helps to align and become a bit more integrated with that knowledge and, and learn, you know, and do things that, that, you know, whether it's eating less meat or, you know, all the things that we know or using your bicycle, if you can use a bicycle mm -hmm. and using your bicycle or um, try not to fly so much. Um, it, it really helps to make you feel a little bit more settled in your, inside yourself. And I think that is going to probably become, I mean, it's only going to go in one direction, isn't it? Um, mm. But, you know, different people have different capacities for making changes in their lives and that's completely understandable. And often it's the people who, you know, it's, it's really easy to punish yourself, but it's not fair to expect people who are dealing with a lot of challenges day to day to have to make, you know, changes to feel like they have to make changes to their lifestyles on top of that, that, are, you know, that are kind of that are trying to undo some of the harm that we've done. So we have to be really compassionate towards people and not try and hold ourselves up to these impossible ideas of like having to be perfect, because that's just repeating the same stuff that, you know, we've always, that's the problem that we've been living with already. Like we hold ourselves up to these impossible ideals and we have to be a bit more gentle with ourselves. Um, but I guess one of the things I always find is that when I do do a little bit of something that involves using my voice, so there's obviously all those decisions and, and choices you can make about or, you know, try to make about your lifestyle, but also you can, you can start using your voice and whether it's about, you know, talking to your friends about it and starting to try to open up the conversation and make it normal is really, really powerful activism. But, um, Sometimes I'll do something like um, if I'm feeling like a bit anxious, I'll go on to um, I'll go on to the social feed of like a big brand that I know just isn't really doing enough. Say they've mm -hmm. got using, you know, lots of plastic, like particularly harmful plastic and just don't seem to be making changes or showing they're making changes quickly enough, which is most like most big brands um um I'll just go on and put like a little question or a comment on one of their social feeds and I would never be rude and I'd never be abusive ever mm. because that just again repeats the same old patterns that we've you know that have got us in this mess in the first place but I'll just quest I'll just write a question like oh hey like I really like your product but um but, you know, are you planning to are you planning to phase out, you know, single use plastic anytime soon or something? Um, and it just helps me feel better because it, it helps me feel like I'm using my voice. And I think that is something that, you know, that um, that the feminine, you know, the feminine voice hasn't been heard as much as it could have been. And and, and sometimes it, it's really like comes out really small. Like, you know how sometimes your voice can be small and sometimes it can be louder and mm. and it just depends kind of who you're talking to and how confident you are about what you're saying and so sometimes it comes out really small and sometimes it comes out like a big shout but it's really good to use it in different ways 
It's interesting as well that the different approaches as well, because I think, um, you know, it doesn't always have to be the loud one that that makes the change either as well. It's kind of because, you know, the whole, if you put someone into fight or flight mode, then, you know, they shut down and don't want to talk about things. And it's kind of, if you can create that space as you're doing with mothership to open, to be there, to be kind of, um, you know, exploring together, I think that's a really powerful state to be in rather than um, aggression really at the end of the day you know it kind of gives that opportunity for actually learning together and and kind of sharing in that learning as well that then becomes part of the journey so it becomes more united isn't it I think that's what's kind of important um definitely it, it's interesting yeah yeah well, yeah, yeah so much I mean that's that's the funny thing about starting something anyway like I I've done lots of bits of activism and I've thought about all of this stuff a lot and I've read tons of books and I've talked to you know I've been really lucky to interview and talk to lots and lots and lots of people in this space and it's you know and it's exciting to think about what's out there but um but actually, um, one of the, the you know major kind of um, motivations behind making mothership is the um, the amount of embedded knowledge and wisdom that is in mm-hmm. a community like that, um, or every community actually. But I think that's it. Is is how do we combine our knowledge? Like I don't have any I don't have any more knowledge or wisdom than anybody else. Like I started something that. Um, I would love to become a, as you say, like a meeting place for people to come and listen to each other and talk to each other and share what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody has their own wisdom and their own knowledge and, and, and all of it is useful. And, um, you know, as you say, like, it's not always the loud ones, is it? And it's certainly not the ones mm-hmm. who are doing the leading at the moment who are necessarily the ones with the greatest wisdom. And um, I think mothers in particular, you know, they have to deal with the kind of challenges that they have to deal with every day and the kind of inner resources that they have to find every day um, make them mm. actually kind of quite uniquely qualified to lead us um, into the next part of this journey that we're all on together. And um, uh, it's, but it's, it's not, it's often not the mums who speak up loudest at all and and often you know I'll I'll be chatting to mums and I'll say like but you you know you're incredible like you you know you do this you've got three kids you've got a full time whatever you know whatever the, the, their particular mm-hmm. challenges are that they're, they're having to manage you know you've got so much knowledge that you could share like we we need what you know and they'll say oh no 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 I don't have I don't know anything like don't be silly like I'm just a mom <laughs> like you know I'm just a mom and I just do my thing and I'm busy and I'm just getting by and that's I'm just doing my best you know and that's the kind of it's not you know I'm making a generalization but that that's often what I hear and that just it kills me <laughs> like it's like it's it's like that you, they're the ones that, you know they, those are the ones that we need to be listening to because they're the ones who are also closest to the practical reality of life you know um mm. and and it's that it's like how do we how do we start listening to those people and and maybe listening a little bit less to the ones that we you know that are the ones who are kind of out there shouting the loudest um because um because it is it is those kind of that different relationship with life and the different relationship with power that we need to be finding out about and, you know, starting to move towards. And it's definitely a more kind of collective power, isn't it? Even though you you did sort of mentioned it's like a leadership, it's not like a dominant by one, one person kind of leadership. It's something else, isn't it? It's more like circular, I guess. Yeah, it's totally, it's, yeah, it's a totally different kind of leadership. Um, It's, it's a kind of leadership where you just, where you work collaboratively, you understand that you're part of an ecosystem, you're part of a community, you know, whether or not you feel like you are, and a lot of us feel, you know, at times, you know, incredibly isolated and cut off and lonely. And we've, you know, I don't know many people who haven't experienced that at some point, um, and particularly obviously in the last year as well. It's really easy to feel like you aren't part of something, but actually we're all, we're all leaders. Um, and it really is about, um, it's about showing up um with whatever you've got and um you know and and everything you've got and anything you've got is is great and worth it and 
you know, it is certainly isn't about being a winner. It isn't about being the loudest. It isn't, if you're a loud person, mm-hmm. then great. You could go and do a job that involves being a loud person. Doesn't mean that you're naturally the person <laughs> who's like running the show. Just means that you've got, you know, you've got skills, got skills at being extroverted and that's wonderful and something to celebrate. And then, you know, and then a more introverted person will have so much, so much value in being introverted too. And it's not something that's necessarily celebrated very much, but, you know, to be somebody mm-hmm. who's, who's able to be, you know, be quiet and someone who's, who, you know, who's able to listen and, and, you know, and, and do some of the things that, you know, that don't involve having to be in the spotlight is, is just as, if not more valuable. So, um, but it, it's, yeah it, we've all got something to contribute and it just it breaks my heart when I I talk to people and they say what well, you know what who am I what have I got to offer like I'm not part of this like I'm not I'm not in charge and I'm never going to be in charge and I don't have any money and I don't have a voice and I don't have any power and I just think but they, you do you just don't know that you do um so mm-hmm. yeah I hope that we can all really encourage each other and not see each other as being you know competitors or or feeling like um you know we're not we're not good enough because we 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 all have something to offer um and I think the world of mums is an interesting one for that isn't it? It, it it really is actually because I've I've always personally felt a bit of a lone you know lo- lone wolf in the mum thing and I still find it quite a difficult conversation or difficult to be in and then slowly slowly you know after six years I've sort of got a few people that I chat to now if that makes sense yeah. and, it, it, and more people actually that I know are having kids now which is quite nice as well because I don't know I feel like I'm a grandma now but you know what I mean it's kind of that it's not an easy thing because it, it in itself can become quite um a dominant factor in your life like you know if you think about the hierarchy of labels or things that you get tagged as you know it's kind of um a dominant thing and and as you're as you become a new mum particularly and you're trying to wrestle with who you are and what what it is and what's overriding and what you're letting go or what you're bringing on board it, it's kind of an interesting um space to be in and also as the kids grow that changes as well you know um I speak to people who've got teenagers as well and it's like um they don't need you less they just need you in a different way and it's kind of that whole journey of being a mother from you know not being a mother to being a mother is is really interesting as well and I don't know I've just yeah like personally stayed away from groups of mothers or or things like that and actually what was kind of exciting for me is to talk to you actually about something very specific around around something that in a sense I've shied away from and I kind of think perhaps now it's because there's something else in there which is fundamentally um you know around climate action then that that becomes the overarching aim rather than the other things if that makes sense yeah um like the goal is is bigger than the sum of the individual if that makes yeah sense. definitely I, I mean I know that there was some really interesting books that have come out in the last few weeks a uh, few weeks couple of months um about this the cult of perfect motherhood and how um someone told me some statistic the other day but I haven't found the source of it so I'm not going to quote it but it was basically about um how many more hours mothers now spend with their kids than they did a generation ago and um which Mm. is you know obviously like for the benefit of the kids and it's it's great but also you know where are those hours coming from and um I know Mm. that there's you know there is so much pressure to be a perfect mom and to be you know to be there for your kids and be available but also you know keep a body and soul together at the same time and make sure that you've got some you know sort of financial stability and and you know the the pressure is just um is unbearable and and I can see that because I was came to being a mother really late so I sort of came and as same as you I feel a little bit on the outside of it all and I can just see the amount of pressure that mums put themselves under all the time and it's really it's amazing how much support there is available and how much people support each other online but I know that has a sort of shadow side as well and um, and it, again, it's like we're putting so much, we're putting so much into being perfect mums, which is which is another product of of the sort of patriarchal system that we're in, the capitalist system that we're inside of. That that we're not seeing that there is this much much bigger thing 
coming down the line and that is well it's here the climate crisis and if we could divert mm. some of the energy that we feel you know we need to put into um you know looking and being this this perfect mother into into coming together as communities to think about what we're going to do about it that would be um that would that was that would be really really great <laughs> that would be really great and that is what needs to happen and I think that there are so many positive outcomes of that you know I think we won't feel so isolated and we won't feel so insecure anyway you know if we can find ways of, of creating communities together it's so easy to do like we've all got our own mini communities and we've all got like one or two friends at mm -hmm. least but growing those and growing those relationships like those are the things that are going to make us feel okay in the future not having you know, not having a, you know, a really zippy buggy or, um, you know, having like a perfect, I don't know, perfect bedroom and having all like the coolest toys and stuff for your kids. Like the, mm. it's, it's going to be about building communities together and finding ways to get on with each other and support each other in the ways that people, you know, mothers maybe did, you did in, in older society, do still in older yeah. societies and did, and did here um, not many generations ago. Um, that's got to be where we're, where we're going. So there's lots of potential yeah. in it, and you know the outcome is that we'll be you know we'll be happier and we'll feel we'll feel more loved and we'll feel safer and and we'll be healthier too. Yeah, supported basically <laughs> yeah. is, is the key yeah. key thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, held, supported. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just wondering in terms of your actual. Um, essentially a business I don't know whether you could call it a business it's a business non I guess it has money yeah non-profit non-profit mm -hmm. yes um what what are your aims like what what are your aims and what do you need to get there in the next sort of I don't know six months maybe or something like are you trying to just get as many people together are you rallying troops as it as it were or what are the things that you need to do um yeah I mean, the thing I've discovered since starting this is that, um, is, yeah, the, pra the sort of, well, actually, as I mentioned before, like the practical realities of doing something like this. Um, and I found that because of my, like, because of having written so many um, big narratives in my time, like writing for big newspapers and magazines, that mothership is, um, you know, in, in lots of ways, it's a dream. It's um, like, it's a, it's a dream that I, that I've kind of, have and that I think actually lives in lots of our hearts um about creating um community or or many communities of mothers and 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 people who care about kids to 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 help each other and and came from you know my experience of being a mother of a newborn and all those kinds of things so um but the reality of it is that it's a huge undertaking to really make it bring it to its full potential and so um, I've been learning so much about running a non-profit it's amazing and um, we're doing a fun we're doing some fundraising at the moment um, to do a project that we want to do this summer so at the end of this year in November there's a very big conference that I'm sure you know about a COP26 and um, it's kind of terrifyingly important that this conference goes well it's a summit of world leaders who are coming together to mm. agree um, emissions targets um for the coming um time um to reduce emissions globally in order to hit and and, and remain under 1.5 degrees of warming which um is looking pretty tight at the moment um and it's really complicated and it's going to be really hard and um so lots of um organizations are thinking about ways of helping to make cop be a success and um so I'm thinking about a project that I'm developing at the moment around that, about how we can bring the voices of mothers together. And it's being hosted in Glasgow. So the UK is hosting it. Boris Johnson is hosting it. Um, how we can bring the voices of, of UK mothers together to say, this is what we want for our children. Like we're at this point where we are looking at um, a real, like very real existential threat to the well-being of our children and already um, the well-being of children around the world is like being massively affected by the climate crisis as well mm. as in general environmental problems and environmental racism as well often it's people who live in 
you know, much poorer marginalized communities who are already, you know, on the front line of all the awful things that we're doing to the planet. And um, it's time for us to make a massive racket. I mean, this is it. This is the moment. It's not yeah. um, It's not next year. It's not in 10 years. It's not like, oh, the kids will sort it out. It's not. It's now for us um, to mm-hmm. do. And um, so there's a kind of, yeah, there's a practical side of that, which is that I'd need to raise enough money to do this campaign. But it, it's basically about bringing together mothers' voices and um in a way that does have all the metrics attached to it that the um, patriarchal system enjoys yeah. and finds comforting yeah. um, to yeah. say this is what we want and and ultimately we want our children to live. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm working on at the moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think um, if you want to keep up to date with that, then follow Hey Mothership, um, which is the, our Instagram account and. Um, will be keeping everybody up to date and it's a really lovely community that's building there so um definitely come and join and um there's going to be so much happening and then and then next year there's all kinds of stuff going on because um it's the local elections and you know there's a real opportunity for people to you know all of us as a collective and individually to stand up and say like we just don't want this story anymore we want a different story for our kids um and you know as we've talked about there's there's so many challenges to that because I just we don't feel like we do have a voice and we don't feel like we have been listened to um Mm -hmm. but there's so much possibility um if we get together and encourage each other and support each other to say you know we want something different than um what's ahead and there is time to change that but it's just it's just about us getting together and finding the courage to say that we want we want to change it. Yeah, and um, I am definitely there for all that. <laughs> That's and so nice. As you Thank know, you. we'll be definitely, definitely supporting and helping and sharing and whatever needs to be done um, there as well. So, oh, yeah. Thank you, um, you Jesse, so much for, for talking to us today. It's been really lovely and really lovely to hear. You know, I feel genuinely like, kind of very calmed by your voice as well even though we're talking about kind of climate crisis um and I think that's something to you know for us all to take away as well that it's kind of things don't have to be in a particular way that you might perceive them to be able to really make a difference or to change something quite fundamental as well so. no we, we can yeah we can we can make we can make what we want of it it's up to us like you know, mm. we, we, we can we can make it exactly what we want it to be, but we just have to decide that we, we're going to. Thank you, Jessie. Uh, thank you for having me. It's so nice to talk about it with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and it gave some energy to turn thought into action. If you have a moment, please do rate and review the show on iTunes. We'd also love to carry on the conversation online, so make sure you check us out on Instagram at otherday underscore world and online at otherday.co.uk.